Hello to Principles Podcast listeners. We are so grateful for all the support and appreciate you checking in with us wherever you listen to your podcasts. We would love for you to follow, subscribe, and rate review our podcast. You can also follow us on all our social media accounts, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and TikTok at Two Principles. You can also check us out on the web at twoprinciples.com. We are grateful for our Two Principles podcast partner, HealthWise Behavioral Health and Wellness. As a team of experienced licensed psychologists, clinical therapists, medical professionals, and mind-body practitioners, HealthWise offers a wide range of mental health services for individuals of all ages. HealthWise is grounded in a philosophy that considers the whole person. Welcome to the Two Principles Podcast, where we help you get out of your head and into your heart. The Two Principles Podcast, life and leadership talk inside and out. A better you makes for a better today. It starts with you. Hey, I'm Matt Lombardi, sweating a little bit because I'm hanging with two principles. In the past, that made me a little nervous, but this is all right. Hey, Lombo, are you a coffee? Are you a coffee guy, caffeinated guy? Do you put caffeine in your body, or are you just naturally wired up? Um, yeah, I mean, I'll drink coffee in the morning a little bit, but I'm not like a six cup of coffee. I'm cold red Mountain Dew if we're driving. I guess that would be my go-to. But um, no, I, I, I. But I drink it a little bit. There's times, yes, I, I'll get get up in the morning because we. Um, You'll get into this, I'm sure, but like I said, our football team for the last 11 years is we've offered lifting at 5.50 in the morning, and we have about 75 kids. So for the last 11 years of school, I've set my alarm for about 4.47 a.m., and that's that's been my... That's getting been my goal. I've become a big uh, power trip in the morning fan as I'm oh, yeah. driving in because um, um, that's that's become my routine. And so, yes, I, I'll throw a little coffee in me occasionally because that, that's pretty early. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of coaches, though, that I've been around that just drink it, like, you know, from the time they wake up to the time they go to bed. But that's that's mm. not you. No, I think um, once I'm there, it's <laughs> I, I got I get adrenaline going. I oh, think yeah. it's a um, so I've never really had to be that the college coach that sits in the gym with the coffee. And, and like you get that picture all the time. If you've ever seen that. My daughter's a swimmer. Yeah, and a lot of those swim coaches always stand on the edge of the pool with their coffee and things like that. I'm usually, if we're in the weight room at six ten in the morning, I'm usually chirping or giving some kids some heat. So it, it, it's pretty easy to stay awake once I get in. Plus, you got music rocking and things oh. like that. So there's there's a lot to boost you up. All right, how about uh, uh with. Are you you like movies? You like shows? What are you What are you into when it comes to that? Um, actually, big time. I'm um, I have a son, my oldest son, Joseph, who's one of the greatest blessings I've ever had, which I I've talked a lot to the kids about. But I have an oldest son who has autism, mm-hmm. and man, he's gotten me into like the Marvels movies and the. Yeah, I know every bit, every story. There's a, a thing called Secret Invasion that's on Disney Plus. Every Wednesday we're watching it. It's we're, we got it, and so we become big movie fans. And plus, actually, um, in high school, I did eleven shows. I did theater. 
Oh really? So that's kind that's of I, I was I was, I was an odd converse. I was an odd combination. I was a three sport athlete who did theater. I was I was Joseph in the Amazing Technical Dream. Oh I, I was Joseph. I, I sing awesome. any dream will do and all that kind of stuff. So I got actually a good relationship with Beth Helstead and them at the theater program because yeah. I think it just amazes them. The football guy actually could talk <laughs> shop a little bit. So I, I I like it a lot. Well, that's great. That's fantastic. Um, Kev, you ready to go? Let's do this. Let's raise that frequency today. Yeah, let's, let's go, go spread some good out into the podcast universe. Hello and welcome to today's show. It's that time. As always, super excited to be here today with my co-host and good friend, Kevin. We are excited to have the one and only Matt <laughs> Lombardi in the HealthWise Yoga and Wellness Studio today. I'm Jason Paris. I'm Kevin Jost. And we are the Two Principles, the Two Principles podcast, where we put the focus on leadership, work-life balance, stress management, and mental health. Our goal is to equip everyday leaders with practical tools to maintain their overall health and live out a more balanced and fulfilling life. Hey, if this is your first time tuning into the Two Principles pod, we appreciate you checking us out. Hey, thanks for tuning in today as we continue on this journey towards a healthier and happier you, one step at a time, one conversation at a time. Hey, as always, every episode, we will stay true to the two principles purpose. We will consider the impact of our words and actions. We will be in the moment. We will stay present. We will give it our best today. And of course, we are always going to try to have a little bit of fun. Oh, Lombo's <laughs> on the show today. We're going to have fun. We're going to tell stories. <laughs> He's going to tell us stories. We're going to learn a lot. I've already learned a little bit about him here just in the... In the Five minutes that he's already been yeah. here. Lombo, do you have any questions for us before we get started here? No, I listened to a couple of years, and like I said, this is great stuff. Congratulations to you two. This is, this is a great thing, and I think, obviously, what you guys talk about, man, it's it's vital. And I think being in high schools every day and seeing kids and just being out there, it's it, it, it's an interesting world to talk about, that's for sure, and it's important. So congrats to you, too. It's fun, Thank to, you. fun to listen to. Thank you. Thank you for listening, and thanks for being on the show today. We're excited to have you. So, Lambo, we, as you know, we always ask our guests what uh, their walk-up song is. And I was thinking about this driving in. I'm like, God, I wonder what Lambo's going to pick today for a walk-up song. So... Tell our listeners, what are we going to introduce Matt Lombardi to the Two Principles Pod with? Okay, so uh, there, no question, there's a song called Going the Distance. It's the final song in the original Rocky. And obviously, it's inspirational in itself. But I like, when I was a, I was a high school wrestler, I had this song on a loop back when you had to make your uh, cut-ups on a tape and all that good stuff. And I listened to the song 45 minutes in a row before wrestling matches and some of that. So, so I'll get jacked up if we put this on. Yeah, play, fire this one up here a little bit. So this is, so this is Rocky One. This is Rocky One. This is at the end. This is the fight. You can, when it gets to the end, you can you can hear him in your mind yelling Adrian, Adrian. <laughs> yeah. And, oh yeah, it gets you going. So I, I love it. And actually, I made I made a highlight film for our state championship this year, and this is the final song. This is the state championship song. So this is fantastic. Yeah. Well. Coach Lombardi, Matt Lombardi, we are excited you're here. Welcome to the Two Principles Pod, and you are, hey, this is cool, a little rocky. I, I'm fired up now. Let's go. <laughs> Love rocky. Go in the distance. All right. All right, let's officially introduce Matt. So, Matt Lombardi, uh, thank you for being here in the HealthWise Yoga and Wellness Studio with us. We appreciate it. Um, currently teaching at Maple Grove High School. Yep. And we were talking before we started recording, you, you're a longtime math teacher. Uh, but you're currently teaching a class titled Positive Direction, and I think we'll we'll allow some space for you to talk about that at some point. Uh, but also head football coach uh, where you've been for 10 years, right? 12. 12. 12 okay, years. 12 years. 12. Jeez, okay. 
Uh, Matt, definitely a uh, relationship-driven teacher and coach. It's always great to learn from other leaders, so we want to welcome Matt. Thanks for taking your time out of your busy schedule. Um, we know you got lots going on, so we appreciate you uh, being here with us tonight. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Hey, we always do a random question on the show, and so <laughs> this que- this this question we thought of you is like, if there was one player that you have never coached before, Ooh. could be in the uh, collegiate level it's got to be collegiate or in the NFL level. What's one player who you would like, God, I would love to have coached uh, somebody like that. I, it would be Tom Brady, but I, I, I know it's a very cliche answer, <laughs> but here's why. When I, um, after I played, I went, I played in Italy for a year of like the pro football. There's a, there's actually a book called um, playing for pizza that <laughs> if you, it's about our league, but I came in and I coached at Eastern Michigan. So I was at Eastern Michigan and Tom Brady was at Michigan. Okay. And they had a player named Drew Henson that was Mm -hmm. very similar to the Joe Maurer of Michigan, that he was kind of the legend. He was the guy that came in. He was the chosen one. And when this kid, Tom Brady, no one knew him, he would play. And every time he was out there, he would make plays and make plays. They put in Henson and he didn't do nearly as well. And then this Brady kid would come in and save him. And, and so we became big Brady fans in those years. We watched him. And then a funny story, Eastern Michigan, when I was there, we played Michigan in the big house. It was cool. And I got to GA and coach there. And, and he started the game. It was like 21 nothing in the first eight minutes. <laughs> <clears throat> and then they put in Henson, and in the third quarter, we got it back to 24-21, and then they put Brady in in the fourth quarter. We lost 54-21. <laughs> and so um, I've, I've been a big – I've had ultimate respect for him oh. and how he's approached things and how he's done things for a long time, and he, he, he is the quarterback that gets the most out of everybody around him, and I think that's the part I've always enjoyed about him. But I have a little sentimental thing with him, too, because I watched his Michigan career, and, and, yeah. and he was that the whole time. So I kind of been rooting for him for a long what time. What a cool That's, That, that, that a would cool be start. a fun uh, fun player to coach. Yeah. And, geez, the way that, uh, yeah, all the success he said, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Let's get into the first question. Um, so, Matt, tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, your background. You've already given a few hints and insight into where, what you've done, but um, where'd you grow up? Uh, sounds like you played some football. Yep. Um, this is going to be new to me. So just how'd you get into your current position? So yeah. I, I grew up in the South side of Chicago, so okay. I'm still a bear Cubs. <laughs> That's still, I'm still a fan. I'm very obnoxious. And those when the Blackhawks had their run, wild fans did not like, you know, there's a lot of, <laughs> I, I had fun with that, but grew up, my dad was a, um, lifetime football coach, coach for 53 years, okay. educator. My mom was in education. Um, my brother's coach for 30 I mean, so it, it was a part of our family. And so um, my father, um, clearly he was my hero. He, he's who I saw growing up day in and day out. We grew up on the south side of Chicago, so it was a little bit of a tougher town. Didn't have, we weren't in the ritzy district. And just seeing kids at our dinner table and how he would handle kids and how he got kids to do more than they ever dreamed they could do and get them going. And um, I was blessed that way. So I was, I was raised very much, um, got to see the benefits of education and coaching. And so we did that. Then I went to Mankato State um, back in the NCC years when it was like North Dakota State and those guys. And I played football there, um, got my degree. Um, was fortunate. I got asked to play for the Ancona Dolphins <laughs> in, in Italy, which was crazy. It was, it was a fun league that you only could have so many Americans on the field at once. I mean, there was full Italian guys smoking cigarettes at <laughs> halftime. 
Um, it was great. And so I got to, as a 22-year-old, get thrown into an Italian-speaking town and survive, which I always, that's one of the greatest experiences ever. Then I GA'd Eastern Michigan and spent a couple years, and it was kind of, that was a turning point of the life because I had to decide, do I want to go the college football route? And I really thought, no, you know what? I want to go the high school route. I, I, what my dad did, he was a wonderful father for me, and my mother was unbelievable. The relationship, they were married 60 years. He just passed away a couple yeah. years ago. And and I thought, you know what? I want to coach, but I also I want that time with the family. Because if you ever – college football coaches work yeah. 7 till 10. I mean, it, it is yeah. it is unbelievable, the hours. And we do too, but we can do it in our house. And right. so we're around our kids, and we can do – and so – um, I wouldn't trade it for the world. I think it, it allowed me a chance to come. So then I, I took a job at Wyzetta for my first job. Was scared to death about teaching math. I remember that because that was um, <laughs> I, I got a math job and that was exciting and, and had 11 great years at Wyzetta. We won three state titles there. I'm kind of proud. I made a class. They, they had a calculus class called Calculus Concepts, which was the kids that could get to calculus but didn't want to do the AP yeah. grind. So I started a bit. I did my, my fifth year. I started teaching it. And I started this thing. We we called it JV Calc. It wasn't it wasn't quite good enough to be varsity. <laughs> and so that, and we made shirts. And I made a gig that like when it was test day, you had to wear the JV Calc shirts. And then and the messages on the back was like a math only your parents would come to watch and, and stuff like this. And so we had fun. And the kids loved it. And that class was an elective class. And it went from like. 60 kids signed up in the time I left. There was 245 oh, kids wow. signed up for calculus concepts. So at Boisetta, when we left out of a class of like 800 and some kids, there was like 675 kids that were taking either AP stats or calculus getting to that level of cool. math. So I was kind of proud of that. Oh, and, sure. and, um, and so I had that. And then I, at 2010, we won a state title. And I thought, you know what? We've won three. Um, I was very involved. I, I was I was blessed with the head coach Brad Anderson, who really gave me a lot of freedom. He kind of let me do the summer, and he let me do all this. I was really with the kids a lot, and, mm -hmm. and and he had faith in me. But I was like, you know what? Let's see if Maple Grove was like two and seven for about three consecutive years, and I saw it open, and I kind of threw my head in late and thought, you know what? I kind of was. It, I remember I'll never forget. I was like, because it, it took me five days to decide you can take the job or not. And I, um, I remember I was sitting in our living room, and I looked at my wife, and I go, I got to take it. And she's like, what? You're going to take it? I think she thought I was going to stay at Wyzetta. And I went, I am nervous right now. Like, I have butterflies beyond, but it's not about, it's about can I do it? Mm. I, remember, I remember that vividly. Mm -hmm. I said, and that, that's how, the world's weird. I, that's what signals me. I go, I, I, someone's telling me you got to take this thing because it's, I was nervous. I, it was kind of when I went to, when I went to Wyzetta, it was the same thing. My parents were mad at me because my dad was, um, he already had jobs lined up. I had varsity jobs. Like I was 23, I could have had a head job. And I wanted to go somewhere where nobody knew him. He was a Hall of Famer. Mm -hmm. He was well known. And I, I, I went to my dad and I said, you know what, I want to kind of, I want to try this without anybody knowing who you are. And that's why I took that. So I'm kind of weird when I, I get butterflies. Like that, that tells that's me cool. that I says got, a lot about you. I, 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 I want to I want to yeah. try for it, and and then I a funny another quick story. But I walk into Wyzetta first day, first day I walk in. I'm nervous about math, and the teacher next to me is Mark Ludvigson, who played for my father oh, in wow. Illinois in 19. 
63. So I call, <laughs> I call my dad. I'm like, yeah, I can't. I can't get away from your damn. I, I said everywhere I go, and he started laughing. He goes, "You can't be Mark Levick since like my first job." Boom, my dad was right there anyway, so it was awesome. But, um, but that kind of, and, and now I've ended up. I've been at Maple Grove for twelve years. Um, really proud of it. I think we've um, created a good community. Mm-hmm. Like I said, uh, and I know Jason knows, but like I said, yeah. the, when I first went there, um, we I was fortunate enough. I scouted the final game for 2010 when I was at Wyzetta, I was there. And um, there was only, at the game, I counted it was cold and windy and it was a first-round game and they were struggling and there was only 11 students in, huh. the, in the crowd. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> we played the state championship this year at U.S. Bank and we sold out the entire side and they had to put our fans on because they closed the end zone down. So we were the first team ever that mm-hmm. sold out the whole side and had to, and I'm, that makes me proud because I, I think we worked really hard to make this a community um, thing, and that this is this is for everybody. And and so seeing that place filled up, just walking out there made me proud because over those twelve years, that that was neat. Yeah, that was really cool. And I was telling Lambo, you know, I've been a Maple Grove resident for eighteen, nineteen years, and I remember when you took the job and you. At the time, my oldest was, you know, playing youth football and I was helping out coaching. But I just remember your messages to the players, to the parents and to the coaches. It was about we're, we're building a community. We're building a family. This is a right. family thing. We're doing this together. And you were down there at the youth. And I mean, you were going hard all the time. And then it was fun to see this last year because um, I've had my kids go through and I was there. And being, because a, a lot of those, a lot of those kids on the field, I've known since they've been <laughs> little kids, yep. and their parents, and it was just, it was the coolest thing ever to see that how many people were there. So when you talk about back when you started, and then where it is now, how cool is that? Yeah, I, I think yeah, that's, that's really awesome. neat. That's good, and and because so many hands took part in it, and so many people were willing to have faith and. I mean, I'm blessed. I don't know why that happened, but like I said, they they bought in. So for that to happen was a neat experience, just because, like I said, I know all that entailed in that, and 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 that's that's the cool part. And then obviously, you got a bunch of kids that you see them having those successes and doing that, and you're proud because we talked about the morning lifts that we that we do. We we figured this out, and this almost sounds like I should be up for abuse, but <laughs> I, the. Um, be, they play three sports in this, but that's why we do the morning lift. So if they want to keep doing fit, like I'm giving them an opportunity, they can get there at, at, at 5.55 and work at 7. They go to school and then some play hockey, some play this, and but it keeps, yeah. them, keeps them, they want to get better. Mm-hmm. And I told the kids when they um, uh, won the state championship, my first message was thank you because um, my dad died last May or two Mays ago. So when they were juniors was when my dad died. And that was hard on me. He was, he was my hero, still is my hero. Mm-hmm. And I told him, I said, you, you're, you carried me through a lot of this. My family, every day coming with you, you brought me hope. So I thanked them for that. But then the second part I said is, I don't know if you realize it. I said, but from the time when you started as juniors, um, for the, the 101 weeks that's up to this point, I saw you 86 of those weeks and you're crying because you guys love each other. And, and that's all I could ever ask is, is you have relationships here that are going to last you 
a lifetime, mm-hmm. a lifetime. And, and that didn't come from just showing up. You, you had to invest in each other. And I think that's the part when you see those moments, that's why I get mad at our world right now because they all look behind a damn viewfinder. And it's sometimes if you just watch it and take it in, that feeling yeah. is way better than anything you capture through a phone. And, and I kind of just stepped back and watched them all hug each other and celebrate. And it was a, it was, it was pretty rewarding. I love it. One thing I want to, <laughs> I want to just say, and we talked a little bit about this uh, earlier, but your message to just kids. And I remember, um, when they were younger, it's just like, just keep these kids playing, make yep. sure it's fun that they're coming back and that they can get into the high school. That's all. That's, that's what you wanted as a head. Just don't, don't they start isolating these kids and say, this kid's going to play this position for the, <laughs> you know, all this stuff. And you are very clear to, to folks just, Hey, make sure these kids are having fun. They're learning, they're getting the skills down and they're coming in the high school. So then you can, you know, do what you do. But I always remember that. And I always remember you too saying, it, some of these kids are going to develop at different times. Yes. They're, 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 you know, you think, oh my <laughs> gosh. And you've told some stories about that. So I, I just, that I, that's always sticking in my head. Well, and I think sometimes teachers don't, like if, if and parents for sure don't, but like if a kid's a sixth grader in football and he's shaving, <laughs> he's got an advantage. That sucker is, this seed, pardon my friend, his seeds have dropped. He's got a little, <laughs> he's got a little boost going and he, and he's, he's out there and then he's playing a little pipsqueak that's squeaking like Mickey Mouse and he's out there and it's like, Suddenly, that Mickey Mouse kid gets to sophomore year, and his he's hit his and suddenly, yeah. and like people are bewildered. How could he? Yeah. And it's like that's the beauty of this. Like let kids develop. They'll it, things happen at different times, and it's a significant difference. And so I used to say because there is there's those because it is frustrating when you're like a seventh grader, and it's like but you, and and I always you were at those things, and I would tell those kids because I'd bring up um, the first day of the our camps, I'd always bring a kid say who's five to a hundred pounds. And I'd bring up the five to a hundred pound kid and I'd have him stand by me. And I go, you see him? I go, that was my size as a freshman. Mm-hmm. I did every time I go, that's what I was as a ninth grader. And I said, my sophomore year, I went up to 5'11". I got to be an all-state player. I went and played college. I did this. But when I was a freshman, I, so all of you who are thinking, oh, this isn't for me, you don't, you don't know that. Right. Just stick with it. Yeah. And, 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 and we've been very successful with that because, because, you know, I mean, like once, and I've always made this for football, but for, football really is a post puberty sport and it, because it's a little scary and it's physical and it's things like that. So when they get to high school, they start to the, and it's, and we've been blessed that the world's made for it. High school, it's fall. The kids are kind of motivated. Even the unmotivated kids are like, this is my year. I'm going to turn it around. They come in that way. It's a it's a guaranteed Friday night. You know it's gonna happen. It's scheduled. So kids, it becomes so so we're blessed to kind of have a, a high school sport that really it's kind of perfectly catered. And and so take advantage of it mm-hmm. and 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 grow from it. And you're gonna have an experience you never will forget. And that's always what I say, because those relationships you get to see those kids build. It, it it is. That's why that's why I'm passionate about it. You get to see it every time, and it's so fun to watch. Relationship driven, baby, right there. He's my. Uh, you know what he is? What? He's my Ted Lasso. Oh, you watch, <laughs> do, do you watch I've that? I watched that show. There is some. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that's that's the vibe yeah, I'm getting. Yeah. I love you it. Little Ted Lasso. Okay, you gotta, you gotta have some funny little quips and oh, yeah. and stuff like that. I love but, it. Uh, but I love I love <clears throat> Ted Lasso. The, the the message that you get after every episode from Ted Lasso is just it's just. 
fills your heart. Hey, that's, just, that's the vibe. We I'm just getting, started, so, so we're going to get a lot more yeah. of these. Okay, pal. <laughs> hey, let's go into some overall health talk. That's yep. one of the big things we talk about and taking care of yourself. And that looks different to everybody and and how they're doing that. But what is overall? When you think about your overall health, what does being a leader in your health look like to you? Um, well, let's. I'll start at because this positive direction class. Here's a, a and as educators, this is something that was kind of jarring to me, but. Um, I was I taught it for the first year, and, and I'll get into the health health part, but I'm gonna go mental health first. Where um, I was listening to kids talk and listening to kids talk, and I'm like, okay, put everything away, phone, whatever, phones, get. I said, just get out a piece of paper, pencil, close your eyes. I said, I'm gonna write, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say something. Write down the first two words you think of, and I did this for all five hours, and I go mental health. That's all I said. And, and I've said this to teachers a little bit too. I said, every, I'm talking 78 for 78, or there was not one. Every single kid wrote depression, suicide. Hmm. Um, uh, uh, but everything was negative. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Every single thing was a problem. Like th- there was not one metal, tough than metal. Like, not, and so it dawned on me right when I said this to teachers, I'm like, you got to be careful with that phrase because as soon as you go up to a kid and say, hey, you worry about your mental health, they immediately hear something's, something's wrong. wrong with me. Right. Yeah. And I, which dawned, like, that's kind of what this class was neat. So I kind of say, be, I was like, oh, I'm concerned about your mental health. I'm like, have substance behind that before you say that because kids hear that as a completely negative yeah. vibe where if you say, hey, go to the weight room, we're going to get healthy. Kids think you can improve physical health. That, that they can correlate for some reason. But I think with how everything's been messaged over these last five, 10 years, and for good reasons, it's become a part. But I'm saying that when adolescents hear it right now, they hear that as a negative yeah. connotation. And so that kind of changed my approach a little bit on, on how I view mental health because I had to talk about this could be the greatest thing you have. This could be your best strength. Mm-hmm. And, and, and and you can do things to get better with it. And, and, and like just like you view going to the weight room or going for yep. a run or doing this, that this is something that can carry you. This doesn't have to be. Like in and, and I think that's why this class has kind of become successful a little bit. It's because it is a little bit of a there's some hope behind it. Right. And, and I think that's kind of how I think as a mental health, when you ask about health and how my teaching and coaching, that kind of was a 23 years into my profession was something just because I was listening to him. I'm like, I never hear one <laughs> uplifting thing coming from. And these are kids who are like not all having tough situations. Sure, right? and, and so when that happened, I'm like, ooh, I got to repackage this mm-hmm. a little bit and and it changed my vision of it like okay how how do we then break it down to where now this is something so we we made our message on health you talk about health i said i i spent my first 20 years trying to stress you know every the, the cliche uh can you face the man in the mirror when you go to bed all the things <laughs> yeah. we, we've all read them and, uh, <laughs> and stole from john wooden you know yeah. and I've really changed my tune now that, yes, you got to be able to answer yourself, and you go, but it, it's more important to be excited to wake up. Hmm. Um, I've kind of harped on that, that like there, there's got to be something to get your butt out of. If the first game of life is your snooze alarm, 
And if you have to hit the snooze seven times, you're kind of owing seven. <laughs> <laughs> but we've all been there. But I'm saying that. I like th- that. Come, I do but, like but, that. But, that, but I say that to him a lot that I said I've kind of I, I've realized success and happiness and all that stuff you say you want. I said that usually comes from the guy who's kind of excited to wake up in the morning. Like they have something, there's a purpose to their day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that health-wise, I, I think that's been a major, like the last five years approach I've, I've changed with them. That, yeah, I want, I want you going to bed, but I, you got to have a purpose when you wake up. Like, and, and it's a different approach, but that was from listening to those yeah. kids in that class. How, how about you personally? Um, what's, your, what, what, what's getting you up? Is, um, I mean, it's... I think it's the excitement of getting the kids and stuff like that. And like I said, that 447 hits, that's, I'm just as, my God, why, why the heck did I have to hit that? But I think when I, I, I think I find a, when I get there, that, that time in the morning when the parking lot's empty and it's just nothing but really me, Adam Sparrow, who's an assistant coach for me, and, and a bunch of kids. I kind of feel purpose at 5.50 in the morning. I yeah. mean, obviously my family and things like that, I have, but I'm on a professional level, mm-hmm. before any teacher gets there, I've had fulfillment. Yeah. And, and, I, and, and I think that's kind of, it makes it easy to go to work. I, I, I think that's something that I don't know, but I, and that's why I told the kids, thank you, because you provide me, yeah, you grab it as soon as you walk through and you see those kids and... Some kids are perfectly doing right, and some have their hats on sideways with Crocs, and they're like, you like, you like, they're not perfect, but you just look and you smile yeah. and go, this ain't so bad. Yeah. And and I think for me, that's kind of I think the things that allows me that uh, every morning I wake up, I do feel like I have a reason, and, yeah. and I think that's the along with my family and my wife and my kids, but the I, uh, my work, I feel like there's a worth in what I do and that that's, that gets me there every day. Well, going back to what you said about when you took the job at Maple <clears throat> Grove, how you were nervous. And, oh, and, yes. and, and so you, things you're saying to me, you strike me as an individual who is gravitating towards difficult things, challenging yes. things. And so, um, the average person is not getting up and meeting kids at the, like, right. That's not average. Right. So, there's got to be some, like you said, there, there's there's some there's something fulfilling about doing something that might be a little bit categorized as difficult. Right. I talk in, in, in what you said, and I tell this to the kids who are struggling a little bit, and I go, because I said I said I made a joke to the kids. I go, have you ever had those? I know you. We've all had it. Where I said, like, I would go to work. It's five fifty in the morning. I'm like, I don't remember driving. Yeah, I'm yeah. just standing <laughs> in the middle of her. Like, how the hell did I even get here? And I said, I, I went through like three years of that, where I was like, just groggyville, all this kind of stuff. And I said, and I talked to a guy because um, I, uh, strangely enough, I, I know a sleep doctor, which is very ironic to what we talked about. But <laughs> I, it, it, I talked to him, and I kind of said stuff, and he gave me two things. And I said, I told the kids, as I said, you know what? There's validity to this. He said. He goes, everybody scrolls the, I said, I would scroll Twitter or scroll mm-hmm. the phone. And he said, um, he says, there's a little whatever. He says, when, if, try this. And he said, he said I, someone told me this, and I don't know if it's good or not, but he gave it to me. I said, all right, I'll try it. So he said, um, before you even touch your phone, achieve something in the morning. Hmm. So he said, get up, whether it's brush your teeth, make cereal, yeah. it doesn't matter. So and he said, also, he goes, Brush your teeth first, but who cares on that? But he goes, before you shower. But he goes, but I said, 
I told the kids, I said, that is kind of like if I pour a bowl of cereal or I get something, that's when I pull my phone out. And I said, it's amazing how much more energy I have felt just because of that, as dumb as that sounds. I said, but if you just sit in bed and scroll the phone for 30 minutes, you don't, you don't ever really officially start your day. And I, and there's that famous Navy SEAL that does the speech where he's like, make your bed. I mean, you've yeah, seen that where yeah, he says, yeah, make, make your, your bed. bed. Yeah, yeah. The and commencement I think speech. that's yeah. his. Do you make your bed? Oh, you get up so early. Your wife's no, probably God, making no. your bed. Well, and <laughs> I have another issue that I, I end up on a recliner a lot because I have a, I need a fusion of my back. Oh. And so you do it. I've so, had one. And, and so, but I, yeah. can't, I can't get horizontal. Yeah. Like I have to sleep. This is the only I can do yeah. it. So I'm going to sleep out. And then that's where I sleep a lot of times. So I go it's kind of nice just to get off the recliner, but that's how I can sleep. So, um, but, but his make the bed thing, I, that's why I told my kids, I, I said, yes, he wants to make the bed. You come home. But I, I think that's kind of what he's saying is when you mm-hmm. wake up, have something yeah, to do, get a win, it, it, get a win, yeah. get, get an early win. And, and if you do that, it makes a, a huge difference. And it, it could be as simple as pouring a bowl of cereal, yeah. uh, and, and things like that. But for, for young kids or high school kids where their purpose kind of starts with school, a lot of them aren't still the dads let the dog out and the and things like that, that you kind of have to preach that to them because they have to, that's not natural. They're, they're, they're trying to buy every minute to like, how late can I sleep yeah. till I get yeah. to school and stuff like that. So I always, t- and, and, and kids have told me they actually, that has made a difference. Oh yeah. For them. As, as weird good. as that is, I've actually tried it and said, that's a big, that's a big change for them. So th- I would say that's how the average, I think the average person that wakes up, I think do something. And I know that sounds very plain, but, but have, yeah. have a purpose where I can get something done and, and have it and, and, or maybe you're the organized person that's super anal and have to, and maybe you have to lay out your clothes and have them and you get dressed like, but do have something ready. So when you get up, you're going, and I think it makes a big difference. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Any follow-ups with that? Yeah. Well, I, I just love the analogy of the uh, alarm clock. Do you want to be, do you want to be one and oh, or do you want to start, you want to start going over one over, uh, you know what? That's just, a, that's the competitive part of you too. It's like, yeah. no, you know, my wife is off. That alarm clock goes off. My wife is up. Just re- and sometimes I'll be laying there like, oh my god, I don't want to get up. But now I think I'm going to go with that one. I'm. Gonna, I don't want to go. I don't want to start today. You're zero three. Yeah, if you get three snoozes, yeah. that's zero three. Yeah, I don't want to do that. You know, the other thing I would say though, Lombo, is you talked about mental health, and one of the the big reasons we started this whole podcast was to talk about mental health and make it not just mental health is part of your being. It's not a. It's not a negative thing. It's not a. a, a a negative connotation or we we want to get rid of that stigma and i think more and more people are talking about it which was great but it's just part of who you are just yes. like your physical health your mental health your emotional health spiritual health you just got to take care of it when that looks differently and so in what i what i guess i, I want to go with this question is do you see more student athletes now i know so a lot of the colleges and, and professional athletes spend a lot of time with their mind now you talk about lebron james and you talk about phil jackson back in the day yeah. bringing in <laughs> the mindfulness but they spend time with their mind because they know how important it is do you see that happening now with with student athletes well and i and i think so cuz like i said in in I, I honestly, I don't, uh, that's our number. I think my most important job as a coach, obviously, is the relationship part. But I, but str- strategically, if I want to win type thing, that I think my number one job is you got to get the, put the pieces where they should go and then put them in the right spot, which I think that's in all business. I don't mm-hmm. think we do a good job of that where if 
you have a guy who's good or a girl or someone and they have a strength, let them go, let yeah. them go yeah. with that strength. And sometimes we try to change them into something that fits and that doesn't make sense to me. Let them be great. Really? Yeah. And, and, and so that's the one thing. But the second thing is I think 99% of my talks after practices are all mental in mm-hmm. how you approach things and when things go wrong and how you got to keep that chest up even if you're, you're going to be in front of 6,000 fans and you're going to make a mistake and life's okay. We're gonna, we, we got each other's back. We're going to keep going, but you can't, you can't shut down right away because that's not – and so you have to – I would think as coaches, our number one job is to talk with kids mm-hmm. about that because a lot of that – they can't, there's highs and lows and they got parents that sometimes are overbearing or they have this and there's, there's a million places young kids eyes go. And you got, like you said, you got to simplify it and give them hope a little bit that, okay, I'm in control of my ship. I can, I got this. And, and I think that's one of your most important jobs as a coach, because there's, there's so many highs and lows, and that's the beauty of sport. That 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 to me is why I love it. Is mm-hmm. If everything was just good, that that that's <laughs> yeah. not a lot of fun. And, and so those moments where you do, but when you experience the climb and you get over, that's that's what sticks with you. Yeah. And so I think for those kids, I, I can't imagine coaching and not talking about it all the time because that is a major thing. But yes, I think you see them a lot more in that. In and it's tough because, and you know this, especially having a basketball son, mm-hmm. that, and I'm not blaming, but they've become a six-second society because of Twitter mm-hmm. and Instagram. So they've kind of missed the joy of the game to try mm-hmm. to get the moment where they can get their street grit. Yeah. And, and, and that doesn't provide a lot of fulfillment. And, and so... We talk about that a lot. Actually, when the last two years, a big slogan I went to because of all this was because in the weight room, you always work your core. So I always said, we're going to work our core. But core stood for character over reputation is everything. Mm. And for that reason that, you know what, you're so worried about if you truly were excited about yourself, you'd post your whole game. <laughs> then you're now we're talking, but the five second clip yeah. that doesn't say the whole story. So you're trying to please people that are out of your control, and what lasts with you is your own character and how you do this. And so I think, like you said, in this in, in this time, they have so many outside things that they're trying to please that you just gotta get them back to having faith in their own volition a little bit, and they become better teammates, better friends, everything. And and, and that's the part I think mental health-wise, we talk about a lot that I've, I've gone big to that work your core because we're such a reputation. I always make, I, I told the joke, I said, there's there's so many of you so worried about how you're perceived, you have mm-hmm. no idea how you're perceived. Yeah. <laughs> I said I, to them all the I time. I love that. I go, I, I, I go, you, you have a, I go, you're so worried about your perception, you have no idea how you're perceived because you've lost the fiber of who you are, Trey, and, the, and so... That stuff kind of we talk about on the metal. And, and, yeah. I, and I think the kids really liked it because it did, because that's it's true. Yeah. There's such an erase to get the the likes and the six second thing that I'm like, slow down. Just and, I, do and, right I, thing. Yeah. and what you're talking about too <clears throat> reminds me of just uh, getting yourself back in the present moment. When you're in the yeah. present moment, when you're there, you're not thinking about the future, you're not thinking about the past or the six second clip I'm going to put, whatever. When you're within your body, mind, and spirit, I always say that's where. It, that's where you're when 
when I say athletes, I, I think athletes, that's what, to me, that's the zone. When yes. you can be present with yourself, body, mind, spirit there, that's what great things happen. You're not, you're not spinning this way or spinning that way. You're there. Well, and, and I, this year's slogan was our time is now. And I, I told the kids, I go, everyone, because we lost in the state championship the mm-hmm. year before in a great game. I couldn't have been prouder of them. No regrets. I mean, it was an unbelievable game. And, and, but there was seniors coming back and they had pressure because they, we got that close. That's, you know, it's tough yeah. you get that. Yeah. And so I kind of was thinking, how do I handle this? How do I handle this? And that became my slogan. I said, I'm going to kind of try to psych out the world while we have a different meaning. So I put everything, our time is now, our time is now. But I told him that doesn't mean it's our time to win it. It just means your time is now. That you have to handle the moment when you're at practice, you're the best player you can possibly be at that practice, you're the best friend, you're the best student. Like You handle the now. And if we handle the nows, then we'll get to where we want that. So the public's going to read it one way, we're going to read it right. another. <laughs> and, and, and so <clears throat> that would became, so I've stuck with it. We're just, our time is now all the time, because like you said, yeah. if all you can control is the present. Yeah. And, and if if you give every out, that's all you can do. Yeah. It doesn't mean always success, but you, you're not going to have regret. Right. And, and disappointment, we can handle that. And I talked to him a lot about that. You'll be all right, but if you regret stuff, that stuff lasts for years and years and years. And if you give up your nows, they, I'm old. That's the stuff I regret. I don't regret the stuff where I had disappointment and sadness, but yeah. that those things where I know I didn't handle that, that's when you're 45 and you look back and yeah. you kind of grit your teeth a little bit. And so we talk about that a lot. I love it. Let's talk some social media with this guy. <laughs> yeah, you go ahead. You you like uh, this one. You, you're you're uh, well, I don't I don't know if I you're I, neck deep into the social media. So well, no, I I just I think it's it's so interesting, and we you were just talking about it, and, and yeah. the, the addictions with the kids, and they they they're you know I call it the TikTok brain or the whatever it is. They're just everything's so quick, and it's got to be fast, yeah. or whatever else. But social media. So Lambo, when you think of social media, a are you are you on it? Uh, what platforms are you on, and, and who are you following? Let's I'm just start on, there. I'm on Twitter. I'm on on the gram. I'm on that. <laughs> I, I have not Snapchatted. I've stayed off of that one. Um, Facebook. Yep. That's for the old people. Apparently. <laughs> and um, so I kind of do those because I get. We're in a world that's how you communicate yeah, a lot yeah. of times. And so um, I am on them. I'm kind of, I, I get to see how the kids handle it a little bit. Mm-hmm. And and it is, it's, it's, a, it, it's a false world. And I don't mean that in a bad way because I use it too, but I'm saying there, that you, we spend in that positive direction class, I spend a whole week on phones and social media because um, my other background, if I wasn't going to go into this, would have been media. Um, and, um, my brother was in broadcast journalism and things like that. So I kind of have, and I have a, uh, I have a nephew that works for, um, uh, Facebook and super Mm -hmm. like smartest kid I've ever met. And like, he was eight years old and all these kids would be playing video games. And he's like, what are you doing? Just do this. There's a glitch and he'd figure it out. (laughs) (laughs) Like he spoiled everybody's party every time he was that smart. And he talked to me one day about it. It was actually great for kids because they know it, but they don't. And there's things out there about it. But I tell them, I'm like, if if you look at your phone and you're on it for seven hours, I don't. I'm not yelling at you, but I want you to know that's strategic. That there's very smart yeah. people 
this is our strategy. There's a reason why Netflix goes right away and it's not 30 seconds anymore. There's a reason why if you see a video, you see another video just like it. Mm-hmm. it and it's it, and the algorithms of social media has really screwed up our public because uh, politically yes. it's destroyed yeah. because you only see the same opinion <laughs> over and over again unless you conscientiously yeah. play the algorithm. And that's a big problem in society right now. You got two sides ready to knock each other out because all they hear is yeah. their yeah. own thing. But I talked about that because I want them to know what I tell them, which kind of in your line of thing about social media, is I said, you're my hope. And they're like, what? I go, because this is new. So us as parents suck at this. <laughs> I go, we're just as addicted as you are. And so when you go to dinner, it's not just the kids on their phones. There's parents on their phone. I go, none of us know how to handle this. And I said, so I'm hoping you're the generation that gets to live through it through your whole life. So then you actually become good parents and you would like know how to, mm-hmm. this is where I was. So I kind of get into the behind the scenes part of it. Cause I'm like, maybe you can turn this ship around. Cause you know, none of us have control right now. Like you guys are, I'm not ripping you. And they're like, I know, I know, but, <laughs> but they, they get still caught up. And like I said, they'll spend two hours on a TikTok, which is fine. But like I said, their, their perception of how many likes, cause it, I know it's again, it's cliche, but it's true. Like some kids are devastated because only six people like their mm-hmm. tweet in the first hour. And they thought that was going to be a big one and, and things like that. And you're like, really? That, that's that. But to them, that's that's yeah. a big deal. And so I think it is a huge element for this generation. And, and um, it's in the other one that drives me nuts because are you you like social media? I can tell well, you. No, no, no. I, I, I joke because I he's I, on it. I'm on it too. Yeah, I. I gave him the title of social media manager. <laughs> well, that, <laughs> for, for, for the that's two funny. That's why we. Just, I just joke. Well, and I tell it. kids, I'm like, it could be your best resume. Yeah, you can, you can. Yeah, control your platform and look brilliant, yeah. and you Digital, will look. Yeah. You could really do a good job. So I'm not against. It, I said, yeah. but, but the, but, but even like little things that drive me crazy too, because kids I see a lot of is AirPods. Mm. Um, AirPods have become my. And I tell them that and I said because you always look like you're escaping. Mm-hmm. And I said, and it drives me crazy. I go, because even if you're not, I know sometimes you just put it in there because it's there. I go, but you shouldn't have it in there when you're talking to someone. You're you're engaging in a conversation. I go, and if you're sitting in class and you have AirPods in, you immediately give an impression of I'm disengaged, even if there's nothing yeah. in mm-hmm. there. And I, and I said, that's the one where I look at schools right now and every kid has hidden ear pads. And, mm-hmm. and I go, that's the one that frustrates me because it just it just represents escape to me. And, and, and it might not, but I said, I'm, that's where I feel like the old guy. Yeah. Where I, where I look at it and I'm like, get those things out of your, just so you're polite. Like, so you, you don't come across as a, aloof, whatever. And... And kids kind of take it right. They don't get offended when I say that to them. I go, but every teacher, the phone is the devil. Mm -hmm. I go, AirPods are my devil. (laughs) I go, because it just, I don't think it comes across the way you want to come across. And they look at me like, you're no fun. But but I think that kind of, because it does, it puts them here and they're in social media and then they're trying to learn. It's like, and 
you know, kids always want to like, what was great about when you grew up? Like students will ask me that. Like we'll have discussions and say, what was the best part of you growing up? And I went, I think the best part was we were dumb. (laughs) (laughs) But, and I said, serious, I go, like you were done with school. You went to the park. Maybe the news was five and 10. And you, I go, our world was created through our lives. And I go, you guys have access to stuff every second of the day. And I go, I don't think we're intended to have access every single second of the day. And I said, the greatest part of when we grew up is we were dumb. And and, and I truly, <laughs> I, and yeah. I said, like, I'm serious. And, and, and even the kids kind of look at you like, God, that would be, yeah, that would be neat. I go, we used to just go to the park and yeah. play. And that was it. I, there wasn't, I go, where you guys are constantly on. I go, do you think we ever would have texted each other and said, oh. dude, go to the bathroom? <laughs> like you guys yeah. do now. I said, we had to yeah. like write notes and slide, slide them under it. and teachers well, just, would read it. I mean, they're, but they're, they're constant they're, there. Yeah, they're central. I mean, they're, they're nervous system. They're, they're, I mean, it's just, I <laughs> it's, mean, they're just heightened. I know. It's, all, all the, the time. It's exhausting. I, I, I said, you have time. to be exhausted. I said, because I can't imagine being on for 24 yeah. hours straight. And that's no. why you try to live. Yeah. Well, and I think too, um, just what you were saying was when we, when we grew up, you'd come home and you'd go, you go play outside and there's so much research about, about being outside, being in the sun. I mean, earthing, grounding, whatever you want to call it, you're out there in nature, right? And right. there's so much good to that. Well, when you're stuck behind your phone or you're inside watching, you, you, you're not, you don't get your, your eyes, your, your, all your senses, you don't get out into that other you know, the realm of the universe, man. And right. that's, that's what we're missing. And the other element I think that we took for granted, it, again, talking to kids at, all the time we talk about it, is I said, we, we problem solved. I go, that was amazing. I go, mm-hmm. when you were nine and you were at the park and someone had to go home for dinner, you figured out how to keep it going or there were fights and fit like you yeah. figured out yeah. how to handle it. And it, there wasn't adults. There wasn't, yeah. you had to handle it. And I go, that's the part right now I, I, I feel sad for you guys. I said, because even in gym, like if we put you in a gym and said, hey, go play, you're going to wait for me to tell you what to do. <laughs> and I go, that's a part I feel sad. I well, said, you the days you go, I go, that's, that's, it makes me sad. Well, you go back in the day when you're talking about that, one of my favorite things is you go in the backyard and you make up a game. All the time. The yeah. 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 A bat or whatever, you hit it off the house, it counts as this, or you go, you know, you go in the, and you, the oh, creativity. God, yeah, you would just make stuff yeah. up. Oh, I had my, the first group of YZ on that one stage to have barbecues with them. I'd bring them over and they'd, they'd do this and it became kind of a tradition. We spent 35 minutes playing the stupidest game of all time where we were on opposite sides of my house and we were throwing a ball over the roof and you had to catch it and we were keeping it going. Like people were diving over fences. It was, <laughs> it, it, but this was back when you kind of yeah. you played and we, we created a game that had no one's ever seen it before, but boy, it became fun. And that's where if I could redo any of that, I, I wish kids could do that. Because like I said, that's the hardest part. Because like you said, they, they immediately, if they're bored, go to the phone oh, instead yeah. of going to each other. And that's the part you're like, eh, I, I wish that. And you can't fix the world, but I'm saying that, that's, that's the difference of the student you're facing now compared to 20 years ago yeah. is you almost have to give them a push to, hey, give it a shot. Yeah, And don't go to safety bill for it right now. And <laughs> that's, the, that's, that's hard for them. How about uh, how about AI? Have you been going Oof. down that road at um, all? 
I'm not totally, I know um, my son's sure in it because it's become a big controversy in the acting world. Because I said he's really in the movies. Mm-hmm. I have an okay. oldest son who has autism. And so oh, yeah. Hollywood. Um, Hollywood's yeah. big on that. That's part mm-hmm. of this strike because mm-hmm. they're worried like there's shows now that are just doing, you're letting AI shoot the these scenes and do it. And it's using, it's losing human involvement. And mm-hmm. they're starting to get panicked about it a little bit. And so... It's going to be interesting to see how this go. I think you know, you're the principals. I don't know, but I, 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 I don't think we're going to be far from English tape papers are going to have to be written in class. And th- yeah, I, I could see five, ten years that happening where everyone goes home. But yeah, I could, assessments are. Going I could see look assessments are going to look yep. different because you let them home. Everyone's going to yep. worry that yep. th- there's easy access that they can get stuff. That I could see it going more old school. It, 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 because I think almost that's going to be the only solution because you've got to still show your skills and how you're growing and things yeah. like that. And so I could see that happening yeah. in education pretty mm-hmm. quickly. I think English oh, yeah. teachers are going to be demanding that in a hurry, I think, because yeah. they can write essays and all this kind of stuff. Oh, and they're going to, they, well, and it, to see in the way this is progressing, it's, it's, it's no longer just language. It's, no, I mean, it's, it's, it's math, it's, 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 math, it's pictures, yeah, it's art, it's, it's. I mean, it's getting pretty in depth Video, as to yeah. as to what you can ask AI to do for you. So it's. Uh, but yeah, I, I could see education becoming very in house, yeah. and, yeah. and and that's gonna. I I don't know. That's just I could see that happening. Oh, I totally. And I we've had that conversation mm-hmm. before, and I think that's where maybe that's where what needs to happen. I mean, maybe it'll be a good thing. The yes. the 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 learning is going to take place within the classroom, right? Right. And then when you go home, you go home. You know, or, you know, or maybe there's something you can do, but you bring it back. But it's, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be taking place within the, the four walls of the classroom or whatever, how that looks. I don't know. Back to an athletic analogy, but I, I think you're right. I think it almost, if we could make class, each class feel like a practice where like you're accomplishing something, you have a goal, you mm-hmm. get through it. There's a, there's an end point. This is going in. It has substance it matters it's yeah. that kind of stuff which you do which you get away with on a practice field i think that might help because like i said there's so many back to positive direction again but i always make the joke um the terrible joke but i go <laughs> um that this this is a, a ted lasso but i go um but i always tell him i go the the, the classroom's reality I go, the classroom's reality. I said, because you you have people you don't like, teachers you don't like, players, but you also have people you like, classes you like, you have this, you have to overcome, like, you're, you're getting asked to do something that that's real life. I go, if you're the hall walker, that's the streets. I, I tell them, like, that's the streets. Yeah. You're right up, you're going in a way. I said, you're out there. <laughs> and then I said, and then the office is the next. Now you're with the judicial system. I said, but, but I go, if you're constantly walking the hall, I say, that, that's the equivalent of the streets a little bit. And I go where you got to overcome those moments where you are, you might be bored for 10 minutes. That's going to happen. And, <laughs> and we kind of relate to for the same reason, because like I said, so much of that positive direction class is we spend three weeks on purpose and yeah. how you can make even the class you don't, you hate that math teacher. You don't hate whatever it is. Mm-hmm. How can I make that where I have control of my ship again and I yeah. have purpose with it? So, so we talk about that a lot because I always tell them the math teacher keeps their job. It's your transcript, and I, I, they're trying their best, but that's a dumb fight. I go if you're mm-hmm. gonna hold you, you're digging your heels. You're the one taking the. They're yeah. They got their job, I, and I go. I know it sounds bad, but I go. That's you have to, that's where you have to have ownership in yeah. there and you have to take, because 
I have a few kids that like to walk the halls a lot. Yeah. And so that's kind of my way to get, just at least stick it out like <laughs> in there. And, and they actually get better, but that's that's the way I, and it actually made sense to them when I said it's the streets. And that's like, good. Kind of well, good. so much in life. I mean, how, I mean, <laughs> there's so many things in life that are, but your success is based on doing things that you don't necessarily want to do. You don't want to do, do I mean, that's, that's just how life works. And, and so that's, I, I love those messages yes. you're, you're giving those kids. You need to grow a mustache. Oh, I know. <laughs> yeah. But that's what I could hear Ted Lasso saying. That's, and that's why I said it when you said it. That kind of was a Ted Lasso. Uh, let's, let's move into another, another big pillar that, that Jason and I talk about is work-life balance. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> and it's so related to, you know, everything else that we talk about. But for you personally, how are you handling that? How are, what's, your, what's your approach? Are you into... Um, you know, routines, um, you know, what, what, what's your relationship? With I'm pretty routine balance? oriented. I think, um, if I would say this is where I'm bad, this would probably mm-hmm. be it, but I have a wonderful wife and I really mean that, she, um, she allows me to chase my passions, which mm-hmm. is cause I'm not a hunter. I'm not a fisherman. Yeah. I football's my, yeah, it's my hop. It's not that on so, free time. I like doing yeah. like, uh, I enjoy the it, it's addicting to me. So, yeah. and so, um, she yeah. understands, like you said, the Friday nights where she goes to bed at one and I stay up all night and she <laughs> gets it. And, and, and so uh, I've always made the joke. There is no coach that ever makes it without a good yeah. wife. Like mm-hmm. the, a lot of the balance has to come from the wife because we are a little bit loony and, <laughs> and they gotta, live, they gotta live with us. And I'm sure principal is no different, but I'm saying like, it, <laughs> you, 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 you you get passionate about it. And, and she's unbelievably good at her job too. So I think kind of, you talk about work-life balance. I think we stay pretty scheduled. We obviously kids big priority. We've had, we've been blessed with three children and, and I don't think we'd always have Thursday. Um, uh, like we'd have guest speakers just like this. We have guest speakers come in and talk to our kids every pregame day and yeah. they'd have mm-hmm. a, like a pasta feed, bring the parents in type sure. thing. And for five years I missed, Every speaker because I do, my daughter was swimming and meets and they always were Thursday nights with meets and 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 things like that and I tell the kids and they would I'd give them the updates on how she did and 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 so I I think where teachers sometimes miss the boat is with work life balance is especially with families if you want to get families involved I always tell coaches this is bring them mm-hmm. <laughs> I go yeah. I know it sounds bad but like when yeah. I remember I had twin girls and I was changing diapers as well as yelling at kids at Wayzata but kids love it I was that kid like I got to go with my dad to things and sometimes it's like it, and you got 90 80 football players that they love your kids because they're your kids. I mean, they, they take great care yeah. of them and it's a neat experience and it gives four-year-olds heroes and, mm-hmm. and it, it does all that kind of stuff. And I think, I think sometimes we, I, I know in our profession, at least that we don't do a good job just bringing our, bring our kids. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, I see young coaches now and they separate the two and I'm like, why? This is the sub, bring them out. You can, mm-hmm. this is the greatest parenting you're ever gonna have and and things like that i think sometimes we we make our lives either or a lot of times and we got it back to the family thing but you got to make it part of the whole thing mm-hmm. if you want to have work and balance and and have your kids realize this means a lot to me but you can about you cheer too this is part of you you're all this and and 
I think that's what's, like I said, I, where I give my wife a lot of credit because she's, if you're going to ask the most successful Lombardi, it's my wife. She's the, <laughs> she's a, she's a nurse that's a nurse, and she, she runs pretty much, she's the, she's the charge nurse. And, and, and unlike me, every adult likes her and she gets them in order and, <laughs> and, and I watch her work and she gets people to just constantly, she's an unbelievable leader. And I, I mean, so she's unbelievably good at what she does. And so I think we've both enjoyed watching each other's successes. And I think, like you said, work-life balance, I think that that's important is that find those people that are in your inner sanctum, that are mm-hmm. your important people. And then just, just revel in how they're doing, just enjoy yeah. their ride and let and be there for them. And, and I think that's the part where you kind of see a little bit of an either or type pick where I don't think you have to. I think you, you see it all the time, high school dating, they're terrible at it because you get the the boy who's like, you got to be with me all the time, or the girl that's like, and it's like, didn't you like them when they look like, don't you want them to do well doing this? And you still will get together. And, yeah. Yeah. and, but I do think there's a piece in that, that if you get to where you talked about mind and spirit to where, yes, you're passionate for your own growth, but you, you almost find more joy in those successes of yeah. others. Mm-hmm. I think it helps, it balances it out because you get a lot more little victories in life. And that's the part that, Sometimes I don't think as a society we do a great yeah. job of that. Hey, so, I, I was gonna. Fu- can I just ask? Yeah, a absolutely. Because <laughs> work like as a as a as a head football coach, right? Let me just tell you, there's got to the season of you know the twelve the twelve months, whatever. There's got to be times where, and we were talking this earlier. Uh, you know, I've heard that you don't sleep much during the, <laughs> during the during the football season. You are no. you, you don't sleep much, but then my guess is it probably changes a little bit after the football season a little bit. So there's you know, the highs and lows of the work-life, ba- work-life balance. Right. And, and, and like I said, and she knows it. So like I said, we go his, the, the legendary, whatever, but it's not, it's, it's just when I played college football, um, or my coaches gave me grades after games and I liked it. Like they graded every play. You got to see how it is. And football is different because football is a bunch of plays where basketball is a flow and hockey is a flow, but you can split up football. Yeah. And, and so, I really enjoyed that. It made me better when I watch film. I go, and so I thought that was a valuable thing. So when we play our games on Friday night, we always go to Malone's because it's a community yep. thing, and we go um, enjoy the parents and go out there and, and with the kids, and they have their spot, and the parents have their spot, and it's cool. And, and then about 12 o'clock, 12.30, I come home, and, and I grade that film. That I, I But I grade every kid on the team. So... They come to a meeting at eight in the morning. I want them walking in knowing, and I go through each one and tell them, here's what you got to work on, watch this and things like that. And, I, and I've done that for 23 years. So I usually get home. I probably go to bed about five o'clock and then I get up at 630 because I got to put the stats into the star trip and I got to do all that. And then I get there at seven. So I usually on average on that Friday night, sleep about an hour, an hour yep. and a half. And, I told and, you. <laughs> and I've done that for, for wow. 23 years, but... Then Saturday, but back to where you do kind of know yourself a little bit. Like I don't go when I leave that meeting in the JV game for the next twelve hours. So big deal, twelve hours. But it is I, you know, those twelve hours. I watch. I, I get away from mm-hmm. Maple Grove. It's I, yeah. it's it's no nothing to do with that. And then Sundays, you're back now. You're preparing a new week. You got to get your lesson plan ready for that week yep, and so it's a um yes it takes up a lot of but again it's my hobby and like i said i have a wife that gets it thank god and she understands it and and she's competitive like 
If, if if we played poorly, she'll let me know. And, 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 You're not going and, to sleep that's, tonight. That's right. Like, you you, that. Yeah, you got a lot of work. <laughs> you ain't getting that hour and a half tonight. I hope because you got some work to do. But um, but she's she's been a saint that whole time. She lets me do it, and she understands it. And and and, and but at the same level, if she has a night out with a girl, like her yeah. nurses, and they're out and they're meeting, and it's someone's retirement party, or something like. Yeah, I will never say no. You go yeah, every yeah, time, and yeah. you do that. That's your thing. And, and so, I think, like I said, you, you enjoy each other's successes, and in in she's doing great things when she's at that because she's great with people, and she does it. And so, it's valuable. And so, like I said, you, we I, we've been blessed. We we both celebrated each other's. And she back to social media. She wrote a really neat Facebook thing about how. She was excited. We finally did like when we won it. That she, but she wrote it in the perspective of a wife. It was really neat, and all mm-hmm. the work and and how we did this as a family, and how the because it's true. Mm-hmm. Like it, for for it to work, it, it it can't happen without the support of those around letting you do what's necessary for it to happen, and and being there for each other. So, like I said, it it's that that work life balance is a hard. It's a hard thing, but like I said, it's it's if you find find those little victories every day with each other, whether it's a relationship or your kids or whatever, I think that kind of keeps it going as you're going through it. I love that you pointed that out that that it's the 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 support of one oh. another, and and uh, you really highlighted that really well. And um, you know, I I feel very similar to my my spouse. Uh, she I have some crazy hobbies and she allows me to, to, to do them. And, um, so, um, I just, I think that's really important. So that's cool. Let's go. Uh, my favorite topic is leadership, but I know you love talking leadership and, um, culture and, you know, there's a lot of questions that I have. You got to be getting fired up. Your football season's right around the corner. I mean, when this, when we put this pot out, you're gonna, we're gonna be right at the start of uh, camp. Fall camp. Yeah, fall camp. Timing. It's gonna be perfect timing when this one goes out. But you got to be fired up. I mean, this is kind of. You said it's a passion for you. Yes. So, what does leadership mean to you? Um, boy, that's a thick question. <laughs> I think I, I, I would say for me, I'm, I'm. I think leaders, I think I'm a big credibility guy. And what I mean by that is I, I sometimes think I'm I, the best advice my dad gave me when I started as a coach at YZ actually. And he just said, um, you, you got to come up with about two or three things that you think are absolutely non-negotiable that these are important. We have to adhere to this. And he goes, and then the rest let them grow. But he goes, he, sometimes, he says, I'm around all these young coaches and they have 7,000 things and there's nothing, there's no foundation for these kids. And I, I that it made a big impact on me that I, I think sometimes we oversaturate the field. And if they, you got to figure out as a leader, what are the important things that you think mm-hmm. that these have to be there for it to have a chance to at least, have a chance. Right. And, and I think that's where I think good leaders do a good job. I talked about getting the right people in the right spots, whether mm-hmm. you're a principal or whether you're there, if you can get, I think, seize the big picture. I think that that's important from a leader, but I also think it's important that you find those things that you think for your organization or the, your friendships or that the things you think matter, that these are things that are my, these have to happen. And then you have to adhere to it. Like you have to, 
if those are important and you don't execute that yourself, you have a, you, you've taken away your credibility with that group of kids. You see it in youth sports all the time. You see like a, a coach that'll, you gotta be at practice and you gotta this. And then the coach misses three practices because they're out hunting. You <laughs> lost the kid, the yeah. kid that you can't do that. Like yeah. if you're going to make a big point of that, then you have to adhere to your vision. Mm -hmm. Cause I think that that's a, that's a leadership trait. I think is important. I think trust is obviously a big, I think you got to care. And I know that sounds bad, but I, mm -hmm. back to passions. But if, 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 if I'm going to get a leadership position, then that means I got to be the hardest worker. Mm -hmm. I got, I, I got I to be the person that represents what you, you can't, you, you can't inspire others to, to have confidence in what the vision is if you don't represent it. And, and, and I think that's the, where sometimes you see people get up to leadership positions and then they go the other way. And it's like, you're, that, that, that as mm -hmm. the play, as the, person sitting watching it that doesn't work for me so i think that was where my dad that was his biggest thing he stressed is is the more responsibility you get then enjoy it but you have to you have to put your heart and soul into it and the and those kids have to know or those teachers like if you're in a leadership position you have to be a genuine person that they they can trust they know you're doing what's best for them you know, you're, you are someone that they can, they can trust. Mm -hmm. And, and it doesn't mean you're always easy on them or hard on them. It's just, you have to be genuine. And I think that's a hard thing for leaders because with all the, this out mm -hmm. here that you have and you face it too. I mean, we, we're, we're very similar in the way that we both get nutty parents <laughs> and we get, but you, you see things and you read it and you're like, really, what the heck does that even mean? But like, but you still have to stay genuine to the things you think matter right. to that organization. And, and you got to hold true mm -hmm. to that. And I think, and then the other thing is, I, th I think, how, like you said, how you interact with kids, I think that, or with, if you're a leader, you can't walk in the room like I'm your leader. You got to walk in just with, yeah, let's go. This is, this is going to be fun. And we're going to hit in and provide that room hope that this is going to be a good, this is worth it. Let's go. This yeah. is going to be a worthwhile thing. And it's harder, easier said than done because you're going to get the, the naysayers. But if you keep celebrating those people doing it right and doing things, the culture starts to become, this is how, and then I think, I know I'm saying a lot, but I think, I think if, if you're a principal or you're a CEO, I think, I know it doesn't sound good, but you gotta you gotta quietly find the kids that you think are are the workers in your building that are needle changers that can change it, mm -hmm. and let them know that, and then say, "Sorry, I'm gonna kind of be harder on you, but that's okay because you need to be that because you're you're a difference maker. It doesn't mean the others aren't, but you know there's certain there's certain people. I think good leaders identify those people. And, and they, their successes bring them just as much joy because they recognize mm -hmm. this is someone that can make, and, and inspires those leaders. And I think that you talk about cultures, that's what I've tried to do with the football team is I always tell them, like, if, if, if you consider yourself, you want to be a two-way player, you're a star, then you can't, you can't miss. You can't, mm -hmm. you, 
you got to realize there's 80 kids in this room, but really they're watching about eight of you. And if you're lazy, then those other kids think that's the way it goes. But if you work your butt off, now you're telling them this is how this goes. So we do it. And, and I think that's where good leaders come in as they recognize that. It, mm -hmm. it, 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 it doesn't mean the others are bad. But you, I think if you want the whole organization to see you do it, to kind of be able to figure out, okay, mm -hmm. how do my cogs fit? And, and so I think being genuine, being credible, and then being observant, I think those are good yeah, good, good leaders because then kind of every and being a good communicator because I see that too. It's like if, if you're gonna be a teacher, that's like you better get your pencil. Like, get your. I want you sitting in my desk, facing me forwards, and your pencils. Are, that's fine, but let them know why. Yeah. I, I think we miss that sometimes. Like yeah. we'll say, here's why, because when you walk in, this is how you represent it, and this is it, and and if you present it then usually the people are oh, okay, I get it. But a lot of times they just throw it out, like just do it. And that, that to me is not a good leader. Like if, if I'm going to push you, you better explain yeah. why this matters well, to you. there's that connection, right? There's you a have, connection. You have to have that connection, that relationship, or that, you know, you're building those relationships. But if you're just always coming like this... I mean, and the kid doesn't know why, why I'm you're doing it. coming, yeah. then then it doesn't. Yeah. But you can be hard on a kid yeah. if you go to the kid and say, but here's why, because I think you got a lot of ability. You can do this. So this little thing is you can't over. This is it. If you right. get through this, this is it. So I'm not going to I want you to. And I don't think sometimes as adults, we do a good job just communicating that little two minute episode that will cure 7,000 emails. <laughs> but, but, yeah. but I'm yeah. serious. Like, cause, cause what'll happen is, and you know this too. I like, I, if you ask me like, what's my, as a head coach, what's my most important job? And God, this is so true in today's day. But I'm like, if you're, to be honest, my biggest job is I need to control the dinner table. Mm -hmm. And if the kid believes in me, even if the parent's mad because you're not getting as much playing time, let them, the kid will go, Hey, no, no, it's, He's got it. Don't worry about it. Like, yeah. the kid will defend you. Yeah. And, and it keeps the dinner table happy. The, the cancer comes when that becomes here, and then it gets into a team, and it gets a, and it's just like any other organization. So if you don't do a good job communicating, here's why, doesn't have to be a preach, but just why? here's why this yeah. matters to me, then the narrative sometimes, is gonna change. sometimes yeah. you're going to get back to you, and that's the good leaders I've been that I've experienced in my lifetime, they always were very good at that. I thought. Speaking of, or did you have a follow up? Well, I was just going to talk. I want to talk about uh, continue on this culture thing because there's okay. a lot of there's a lot of young um, could be coaches, could be educators, could be principals, whatever. But you know, building, sustaining, developing a culture. Now you've been at Why Is It a High School? You've won. You've been fortunate and blessed to win three state championships. Yep. You now as a head coach have won a state championship as a head coach. Very blessed to do that. And there's a lot of, there's, there's, there's young, young coaches out there. And we, we had coach Franz on, uh, just a couple weeks mm -hmm. ago. I mean, Mark's and, awesome. Yeah. Mark. Yeah. And just, but you guys, there's that culture that you build and you sustain that culture. What advice would you give to those younger coaches who are just getting into it or maybe just even into education in general, what would you, what advice would you give them? Back to what I her? said, you kind of, you got to have the things that you think are non-negotiable and like, these are important because it, it makes a difference. 
young, where young coaches, I think, are bad again at that is, is, and I was too when I was 26, is they'll tell it to the kids, but you get parent meetings. You have to be forthright in your parent meeting because, again, the dinner table, like, then here's, here's all playing time where you, like, let them know the un- little bit of the uncomfortable, but do it with a smile and sure. head last of it a little bit. But, <laughs> but, but you got to communicate that because there are two major facets. You got that everyone says, oh, those parents. See, I have a different outlook in that. I want the parents involved because the, they're willing to have faith in me. Mm-hmm. I, I got to appreciate that. Like that they're willing to let those kids go and sign up and be on the practice field and listen to me. They, they initially are given faith in me. Sure. And so I got to, I got to take advantage of that. And I got to, I got to be forthright with them and let them know, here's why I do this. And I always make the joke to them. I'm like, um, I'm a parent. I said, I've been at swim meets. I've been at this. I mean, I said, it doesn't matter if you're a head coach. It doesn't matter if you're Nick Saban. It doesn't matter if you're a parent. I go, when you go to a game, I go, if your kid plays offensive tackle and he starts, you're watching the offensive tackle. You're watching your kid as a parent. I go, and or you're watching the kid who started ahead of your kid and you're trying to find why he's bad. I go, but you're watching that. I said, so when you watch a football game as a parent, the field's about three yards circumference. And I said, where my job is, I'm, I have a responsibility to every one of these kids. They've poured their heart and souls into this. I have to look at the big picture and be able to get the whole thing. So I am never making a decision at your, like, understand that my, I have a responsibility to look at the big picture. And I said, that's impossible as a parent. I go, I don't either. And so if you want to call me, I'll talk about it. But I'm like, you got to understand that I'm usually, it's a different perspective. And so I know there's frustration in it, but I'm like, you got to have some faith mm-hmm. in that because I'm going to do the best. And, and I'm, if you, in the football circles, I'm probably that because I move guys all over the place. I have like five, 850 pound linebackers and like, I'm goofy. I'm not textbook. I know I do stuff. So I always say like, if your kid's good enough to play, I'll, I'll find, find a, a place for that yeah. kid. And, and, and I said, usually if I move them, that's out of hope. I don't move <laughs> but but I communicate all that. Like I I, I say that in my yeah. parent meeting. So then when this stuff happens, there's a little bit more they know how to communicate and things like that. And so I think sometimes they don't want to offend, but you're not if, if you do it in a right way that's saying, Hey, I have every ounce of you the best interest for your son, but I also have a responsibility to everybody here. That I think sometimes young coaches get caught a little bit and they because parents will just like high school kids, they'll push the envelope as far is they think they can. And so when you're talking to those parents, that's a that's a, an important... Like as a teacher, my favorite day of the year when I was a math teacher was open house. Everyone likes the kids, but parents all used to come and you'd have like 25, so I could tell them how... And I never had yeah. it at home. They knew what it was and I'd tell them why and this and then. So I had very little ever parent disputes because... I had my 15 minutes to let them know here's why it isn't because I'm mean. There's a method to what I'm trying to do here. And Mm -hmm. your kid's 17 years old. I'm sorry. I want them to tell me, not you, Mm -hmm. that they're going to miss. So if your kid's going to miss, it's their job beforehand to email me or to come and talk to me. I don't want you taking care of it. They have to start to do that. (laughs) (laughs) But I I say that to them, and they're usually very receptive. So 
you said if you want to set a culture, whatever those little non-negotiables that you think are important that become what is going to be your program, and it's different for all coaches, but you have to be able to communicate that effectively because that's usually where you got to dig your foot in, and it, there's a little, it's a controversial move sometimes. Mm-hmm. So you have to at least, and then they believe in it, and then I always you said this and another thing young coaches i told this probably to you and your youth program i said this to our coaches i said this is a three-year job and they're like what and i said we got to figure out this we got to get this right so when the kids go through the school they see nothing different i said the first two years it was new but i said once we get a foot then suddenly the culture of the team is just what you do and i said and, and so if you're going to run a really good football program it takes about three four years but if we do it right, then the kids will know no different. And I think that's in anything. I think mm-hmm. if you got you, you, that, you can set a culture that, and, and like I said, your best players, your leaders, if they carry it this way, then those young kids see it and they, they, they follow suit. And I think sometimes coaches spend so much time on how to play, like dribble with your right, dribble with your left. They don't realize the important part is kind of the mental, how you get through things, the, how they practice, they don't, you don't, you don't miss a line when you're doing the running, you don't, like, but don't just say, don't miss a line, say, uh, back to Ted Lasso, but I go, like, if you're running a conditioning thing, and I go, do you know why coaches always tell you to hit the line? They're like, we well, yeah, I go, no, I go, I don't really care, I go, but if you're going to run 150 yards in your conditioning, I go, you're running 150 yards. It sucks. You're exhausted. So why would missing a line by six inches make a difference? I go, because I was an athlete. I go, you do that on purpose. So your mind is telling you you need to cut short seven inches to get better. I go, that's dumb. You're exhausted anyway. I go, at least go through the thing. And so you say stuff like that. That's a culture setter. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly kids start to sit because they get mad if a kid misses a line and stuff like that. And so I think a lot of times like little things that people think are, they, they spend so much time trying to teach people how to run the ship. They don't realize what the ship looks like yet. And you got to kind of be able to do that a little bit. What, what, what have you learned? What, what have you learned about yourself now that as a head coach that you've won a state championship? Did you learn anything through that process? And then I guess a follow-up, uh, a follow-up to that is, you know, what did you, what, what, what is it that you learned now that is going to help you on this, you know, cause you got to the top, right? Right. I mean, you could, you, what are you going to do next? Well, and it's, we talk about mental health. I got 19 starters gone. I got a bunch of prepubescent kids coming up. They're like sophomores and juniors as we most of our team. So I've spent this whole summer talking about, because they have to realize they're not the last team, which, because it's scary. Mm-hmm. We won 20, what? We won 28 out of our last 30 games or something. And so they've never seen losing. So, there are these young kids coming up, never played a varsity game, but they have a pressure of we can't yeah. lose. Yeah. And, and that's hard when you're like Absolutely. every mistake seems way more important than it is. And so we've had to talk a lot about, hey, again, control the now. That's all it is. We'll be fine. We're in and that's the part you said as you come through. Now, in terms of me as a getting it, I really would 
I know this sounds, yeah, right, but winning the champ, it was rewarding because it was when I came the first time, I said, you know what? We deserve to be at the dinner table with the Eden Prairies and, and the, and it isn't an accident. Like this is, this should mm -hmm. be how we approach things. And so it did bring validation that we got there, I think, but um, it didn't change me. I don't think it really yeah. changed me I, it, because I've always, I, I've, like if you're going to ask me, like if I was going to write my resume, the two facts I'm the most proud of, I would probably say at Maple Grove is that since 2014, um, if you talk about the U.S. bank level, so they made the semis, that to me is state, not the final eight. Like you got to get to the, that to me is, mm -hmm. that's, that's the big one. And so the in 6A football, Eden Prairie has made the semis six times. We've made it five. We're the top two. And and then Lakeville South Forest, so we're the three. And so that to me is more of a pride because you ask me the, the leaders that inspire me, it's the ones that can do it consistently year mm -hmm. in and year out because you know they don't always have their best. Like somehow they're they're able to do it every year. And and so I've been more proud with Maple Grove that way. That in the, since 2014, we made it five five of these seven or eight years that's been possible because COVID, we didn't even have yeah. a playoff. And, and yeah, we finally got to the top. But like I said, the fact, because what I told them is I said, I'm really not about championships. I, I just want you to every game in your life to think you have a chance. Hmm. I go, that's all I care about because that's better. Like, because you're never going to win every game. You're never going to get every interview. You never get, <laughs> but you can prepare every time going into it thinking you're going to get it. And I said, so my goal for you as a football team is every time you take the field, you think you're going to win it because of how you prepared and how you did things and doesn't work. But that, that to me means more about a football team than because we've all been on teams. We're like, we're going to get our, but like, so if we get to the point where we can do that, I feel like that's a good program. And so that's, that's more of our goal. I think is that I, I want them every, in life, whether, like I said, whether they're trying to ask a girl out, whether they're asking it, what it doesn't matter, but you should walk into that thinking, I belong here. I got a chance and this is it. And so the fact we're in the final four consistently and doing things like that, that makes me proud. Cause that means every time those kids mm -hmm. take the field, they're taking it with a thought that they can do this. And it's just more fun. That's, that's just a more fun way of life. So I think Yes, winning it was, and, and, and what those kids, did. And, and, and you know anything, it's like anything else, you just, they were a group of kids that, and I'm not insulting them, I, I, on my 10 years here, they weren't the most talented group I had, I don't I don't think, but they were the ones that just found a way all the time. Like they, they did approach everything like they were going to win, whether it was gym class or they just kind of carried themselves that way. And so... I was proud for them because they did set a standard that kids see because Maple Grove's got a little bit of a concept in the bigger, like the, what I call the KSTP sports, the the, the basketball, the footballs, the, the hockeys, the ones that get on there. There was a little bit of a stigma. Dance was dominant. Um, we, we do have programs that obviously have won at softballs won at once, but like I said, where you're on TV, there was kind of a Maple Grove stigma of can we get a... Like, always close, like always the bridesmaid, never the sure. bride type mm -hmm. thing. And, and so I was happy they did that culturally for the school to say, you know what? Okay, we can do this now. And, and I think, cause that's hard. That first one's always the hardest, mm -hmm. hardest one. And so I think I'm proud of that, but like 
you asked me in terms of where, my, and then my other stat I would say is in my resume is, um, of all the kids I've had go play college football, um, and this is my truly proudest one, that the kids who have gone on and stuck with it, that, that I think it's like 87% of our players have become captains at that. Oh, wow. College. Um, That's really cool. Th- those are my two. Mm-hmm. Those are my two more than the four championships. Th- those are the ones I take pride in because that means they knew how to handle the grind and they could do it. And so, um, so that's kind of the approach. So I think I'm proud for the school we want. I'm proud for those kids. I'm, it did bring validation, but on the other hand, the consistency we've had throughout has made me proud because that's not that's hard. Yeah. I, I always. I always laugh at whoever gets the coach of the year award because and this isn't bad, but I was like, it should be Mike Grant six times, but I know they hate him because he wins. But I, I like, you always, it's the guy who had a, came from a rough year and he always sure. gets it. And I said, there's a lot of guys who there's unbelievable coaches who go nine and two with not a lot of talent. Mm-hmm. And those are the coaches I look at and go, that's, they, they're doing it right somehow. Cause they're, yeah. they're always there. And, and cause that's hard. That's mm-hmm. exhausting. And so that that's cool. Hmm. Man, that's good. Um, speaking of, you know, kind of coming off the tail end of leadership and whatnot, um, and I know, I know you've already mentioned your dad uh, a few times. Who, who's been your biggest role model and, and uh, uh, mentor in your life? I would say my dad. In, 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 it's happened twice. Um, my dad was my whole life. He was my hero. Um, because he, uh, like I said, I grew up with him. I was the tugging on the shirt tail, yeah. like Americana, Norman Rockwell type thing. But I was, I, I did, I, I lived that. And, and it was the first time my mom worked. My mom was a stay-at-home mom, and I was the only, I was an oops. I'm like 10 years <laughs> younger than the rest of my siblings. And so, which is embarrassing because... I have the only parents in America that admit, yeah, you were the you were the result of a bad loss. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I know the exact time it happened, and I'm like, God, that's more than I need to know, Mom. And like, oh yeah, the terrible loss, seven to three to Hillcrest, and, 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 and so I was so I, I've always I've always taken offense that I kind of am the result of a loss. That's always kind of hurt my feelings, but um, but <laughs> so yes, but my dad was, but then it happened two years ago again. It kind of changed my perspective again of him of how blessed I was was he when he died and we were there for the the visitation and it was out the building I mean he coached for 50 I mean yeah. he, he had people from 1964 to 2016 mm-hmm. there and um there was a kid that was a uh, he kind of back to my dad I had a five he had a five foot nine 160 pound nose guard named Chuck Smith who was dominant but Chuck had a little the south side of Chicago so Chuck had a little little criminal record and he, he wasn't his, he had a rough life. He was, he came mm. from, um, the, the OELC type stuff. And so he, he was at the, he, he wrote a big long thing to me after my dad died and it, and it totally put, it, it, it re-inspired of what we do. And he goes, I want to tell you what your dad means to me. He goes, he, he goes, I was making, I was done. He, he goes, I'd be dead if it wasn't for your, your dad. And he goes, he came to me and he got me to do all this stuff. And he said, he goes, finally, he was like, he was a junior in high school. And he said, he came up to me and he kind of took me in, in the weight room because he was a gym teacher at the time. And he was a coach. And he said, Chuck, he goes, you got, let's list your life right now. He goes, you hang with this, you're doing this, you're doing this. And he said, like, 
10 things that decisions Chuck is making. He goes, he goes, you're not even giving yourself a chance. He goes, all I want, Chuck, is for you to give yourself a chance. And he goes, and so this is the stuff you can control. And he kind of said, he gave me, he kind of gave me a talking to. And he said, but I wanted to play football. So I, so I said, I listened to him. And he goes, 10 years later, 15 years later, he saw my dad and he gave him a hug. And he goes, he thanked him. He said, for all he's done, because Chuck turned his life around. He had a family. He's doing well. And, play, and he comes up to me and he goes, he goes, Coach and Barty said, I cried. He said, I went and gave your dad a hug and I cried. And he goes, I said, I can't, I don't even know what I can do to repay you. And he said, I'll never forget this. He said, he said, your dad looked at me and he gave me a hug. He said, Chuck, yeah, you do. Just keep giving yourself a chance. And when he told me that story, that kind of, mm-hmm. that, that's kind of back to, I want you to be in a position where you feel like you got a chance. And that's kind of, I think that's, I got a second re-inspiration when you heard those stories that constantly, there was, I mean, it just never ended that night of things he had said that just were quiet little quips that stuck with them. And it was all kind of that same line of thinking is he was a master that he believed in the kids enough that he allowed them to have ownership, even in their toughest moment. Like the time, like, he would put his arm around him, but he, he didn't stop it. I'm here for you. He also was, but you still got this. Mm-hmm. And, and I think sometimes as teachers, we've gotten really good at putting our arms around the kid, but we still forget the ones that get inspired, the ones that truly believe we still can do it. And and that was what my dad, I got to see every day, that he, he took kids that were in very tough situations and his belief in them, you saw them start to believe in themselves. Mm-hmm. And, and that inspired me to this day. And, and so that's kind of when people like, right, what's your purpose as a coach? I always say, I just, all I want is to, to, to get kids to accomplish things that are way beyond anything they thought mm-hmm. they could accomplish. And, and, and that came from my dad. And so he, he will always be my number one um, inspiration on that. Because like I said, I, I was blessed. I got to see a master do it um, day in and day out. And it wasn't his football acumen, even though he was brilliant at that too. It was, um, he, he, he had way more depth than I ever realized he, he had. Because he wasn't, he was kind of a quiet, unassuming whatever guy, but he, he was challenging, but he did it with belief. And and it worked with some kids who were in very hopeless situations. That's, and so it's pretty cool hmm. stuff. What a gift. Absolutely. Very yeah, cool. So. And now that's what you're doing. Yep. That's what and you're doing. That's what you're yeah. doing. I, uh, I said that we, since he died, we've been to two state championships. So um, I got someone pretty good in the booth. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Colin, yeah, coming I got, in on so, you. Someone, I got someone good up there. Yeah. I got a little unfair advantage now. So I got someone good in the booth. So ever uh, since that's happened, it's it's been pretty amazing. Uh, that's awesome. Hey, uh, we got a few more questions here. I, I um, Real quick, are you a superstitious guy? Yeah. Um, so tell me. In well, a way. like, well, No, I am. If my wife would say, you're a liar. Yes, I, I, I um, <laughs> yes, yes, I'm embarrassingly, um, <laughs> same outfit. I wear crimson every, every game. So yeah. that part's, uh, so I have a, I have a color scheme every time I go with, um, I have the same pregame ritual. So I got, uh, 
Because this is the one part we talked about balance, and I sounded really like a good person. Here's the three hours I'm not. Um, from about two, from about two to five before the game is pretty much the whole world knows. Stay away from Lambo. This is not good. This is not. <laughs> he's not a chipper soul at this point. Because it's kind of when I go through every. So like two to five is when I visualize everything. So like it's my way. That's okay. What if they? Okay, here's what we're attacking them with, but. If they do this, this is what gets, I got to have an adjustment. So I'm, I'm going through scenarios like, so I get goofy. So I don't like people to get away from me. Like I'm gonna get away from a guy. So like my wife knows, don't call him, whatever. So I go, so I go in my room and, and shut the lights off. I literally take a nap on the floor of my classroom against the wall for like 30 minutes. I, I lay down, take a nap, close my eyes, try to just get my whatever. And then I kind of do my 30 minutes of, okay, adjustments, relax, whatever. Then I get in the car at 3.30, get 10 chicken nuggets, fries <laughs> he and said, a... He said he wasn't super... Fr- fries and a Sprite. And it was <laughs> and it was to the point... This <laughs> is fries and a Sprite. And then I... So I, I, I'm embarrassingly bad with the same shirt on, by the way. And... <laughs> Um, <laughs> it is even worse. So when we lost the state championship game um, to Lakeville South, which again, unbelievable. If you're at it, yep. no regret. One of the best high school mm-hmm. football games I've ever seen. Um, I went the next week to McDonald's and I yelled at one of the ladies who worked there because every single game she handed me my nuggets. In the state championship game, she didn't work that day. Oh. <laughs> and I let her know what she just did. <laughs> and so, uh, as a no, but that, but yeah, so yes, I do have, because I do, I, I do have routine definitely before. Um, and it's amazing, like five o'clock hits, and then I'm like, yeah, totally, let's go. Like, I, it, yeah. it's, it's a weird, um, thing, but I do, I, I keep a, I, I keep a definite, ritual type thing to every game and how so are you it. gonna stay with the 10 chicken nuggets going into this year oh for yeah, sure yeah <laughs> absolutely and now they have the app it's like way cheaper <laughs> that's the best thing that's come is this app I, this is gonna this is this is uh this is taking dollars off the uh off the budget uh, i'm kind of excited about it so yeah we're sticking with it oh i love it that's fantastic <laughs> hey um who uh, for listeners people out there what what are some um leadership or, 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 or health resources, books, podcasts, people, anybody that you would recommend others to uh, check out? Um, I, it's funny. I, I'm more in a, maybe cause I'm uh, my ADD. I just ripped on kids six seconds. So I'm kind of the same thing that, um, I, I do. I really, I'm in, I'm inspired by consistent winners. Like that really inspires me. So like, it doesn't matter if it's like Katie Ledecky, Michael Phelps, um, Nick Saban, mm-hmm. like people that I like to listen to people that can do it year in and year out and how they do it. I, I, I think it's super inspirational because that's hard. I, I don't think people appreciate that enough of what Michael Phelps did that. Yeah, he had 23 gold, but he did that for four. That's a long, that's a grueling sport. Mm-hmm. And how do you mentally get through? And he went through some mental, he's talked about mm-hmm. it. He, and, and, and how does Nick Saban accomplish what he, and yeah, but he, he, there's more to it than that. And, and, and how it is, like I said, the people that can do it year in, year out in anything, it doesn't have to just be sports. Like it, it can be, 
um, if it's in the military or if it's like, I, but people that who have been able to have stick to itiveness, resilience, and have found a way to make this thing work for a long period. That inspires me. That, that, that's a, that's an inspirational thing. I think sometimes, um, probably the, the, the teams, everybody hate the most in time. I start to like appreciate it because mm. I'm like, okay, how are they able to do this? And, and why are they, like uh, mm-hmm. there's an art form to that. Mm-hmm. And so I, I try to find any quick, uh, Gino Ariema, I get mm-hmm. a lot of inspiration yeah. from him about how he talks about body language and his girls. And, and if they pout, he puts them, he's, but again, he's clear about it. And, and so I think like uh, people that can do it like, okay, so what, why, what do you have that others don't have that? And usually, and what it's interesting when you kind of dig and you kind of go into it, it could be actors, directors, it could be Steven Spielberg. Like if you look at people that have done it throughout the years, it's fascinating because they, I think it's interesting because they, they really do all have different methods, but there's simple things they all have. And I, and I always, so I was kind of, I always try to relate, okay, all these 12 people, what are kind of common traits even though they're totally different, what are things they all need to do in order to, and it is purpose and how you get things and how you handle the everyday and how you, how Tom Brady do it and how did, and, and it seems monotonous, but I, what I find with those people is they're actually really simple and that they, they kind of stick, they have a simple approach, but it, it's hard, mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but, but I'm saying, but it's not, it, they, they have a clear process mm-hmm. with it. And, and, and so even like I watched that quarterback, did you watch the quarterback? Yeah. That thing on Netflix. Yep. Have you, oh, you yeah, should watch yeah, it. Yeah, it's yeah. Pretty, it yep. was really yep. good. But even that, I like that show because it showed three completely different, different yep. approaches. Yep. Yep. And, and so I would, I took things from all those on kind of how, okay, here's why he struggles at big games. Here's why, like, from yeah. listening to all the other people that, um, I don't want to say this because this is a local thing, but I think Kirk Cousins makes things too hard sometimes. And and uh, if I was his head coach, I would say that, like, chill, dude. Like, you don't need 17 megawatts on your brain. <laughs> and do a, Like, find a couple <laughs> things and stick with it. Let's go where Mahomes was much more that, mm-hmm. where he's... Just having fun. He just wants a house with a golf course on yep. it, and it's now. But he had his, and he had his routine. He talked <laughs> about he, he made sure his backup quarterback threw him a fade, and he could, which seemed dumb, but to him that he, he, when he went to a game, he prepared with a thought of I'm going to win. Where other people go and you look, and you, know, you can just tell they're going there. And okay, well, how can I play the best and give us the best chance to win? Where he's going, thinking this is gonna, mm-hmm. it's a difference, yeah. and. And so I like that. That that's so. Like I said, if you're a young person or it's person in leadership, I think there's no better way to learn than to watch those that figured it out and and figure out why that is. In positive direction, we talk about it all the time. It's like I always tell the kids the first time about mental health, and we talk about this whole thing. I said, this class is not fixing you. I go, I am not fixing anything. Yeah. I go, that is not what this is. I go, this class is figuring out what you're good at, and let's rock it. Like, let's, let's yeah. get this thing, okay, what are our strengths and how do we build those? And those other things that are your shortcomings will start to, those strengths will carry those shortcomings and you're going to be fine. But I said, 
there's too many people that go around trying to fix everything and they don't realize I got these three really cool things going for me. If I build on this, this is a pretty cool. And if you watch all those people, they kind of, they figured that out. That's mm-hmm. what Tom Brady did. Like Tom Brady ran a seven flat 40, didn't matter. <laughs> he knew what his, if I do this, we're going to win this game. Don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. And he had that. And, and so I, I think as leaders, we, we, we talk to a lot of people. I mean, truly go to the people that have, you know, those suckers have made it. And it can be in any form of life, and you watch them, and you're going to learn. And, and so that's kind of when I get into my YouTube ruts and stuff like that. That's that's where I'm going. Love it. That's good insight. <clears throat> All right, we're going to wrap this up with one final question. I'm going to let you kind of interpret it the way that 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 you want. Mm-hmm. Um, listeners, they're gonna they're gonna hear this episode. You got somebody out there that's looking to make a positive change in their life in some direction. Um, what's one tangible thing that you would you would advise somebody to 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 start immediately? Um, that's a that's a good question. I think if you're struggling through things a little, to I think it has to start with gratitude. Um, I really believe you got to find something you're grateful for. I I, I think um, when you hit your that's why a lot of times it takes rock bottom for people to get there because they don't do a very good job. They don't during that process when they're sinking. They don't realize there's people over here caring about me, and they don't realize there's pe- they don't their eyes are so blind to their own struggles that they don't see it. And so, it, if you're at that phase where you, you gotta go back to square one and start to be, have some have some gratitude mm-hmm. and find things in your life that you're grateful for. So at least when you get up, you know you got that. And then from there, like I said, find what's your strength. You got you got to find something that is your bit. Um, uh, like me, it's my. I, I think my mind is my strongest asset. I think like, I think my resilience and my thing. But I think I have a strong. I, I always said I, God didn't make me. I, I had a really hot brother, and I was the other brother. <laughs> and so I, so I knew, I got to bank on this sucker to get some progress. And I still got married, so there's still there's some threats out there. But I think you have to figure out where your bread's buttered a little bit in life, even though when you're in those moments. And, and so I think you need gratitude and you got to be able to recognize where your gifts are. And, and, and from that, you got to build and build and build. And, and then, um, and especially for younger kids uh, who probably aren't listening to a podcast, but older ones too, um, you got to surround yourself with people that believe in you. Uh, I, I think, mm-hmm. and, and younger kids can't see the difference between an enabler and a believer. Um, there's a big difference. And sometimes when you're in your rock hard lows, you find the enabler that will keep you there because they're just looking for the same thing where sometimes the hardest person is the believer. And you sometimes shun the believer when you got to embrace the believer. And, and, and that, that's a hard, that's a hard pill to swallow when you're 15 sometimes. Mm -hmm. And that's why they get stuck in that a little bit. But we, we talk about that in class too, that, they're, 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 that's a hard thing to recognize. But if you have people that are sticking with you and believing in you, you got to take advantage, like use that. And, and then like we talked about with family and all that, then you have a, then you have at least a little foundation that can carry you through those moments. So now you got ownership and now you're back at it and then you can get it. And, and I think that would be the best advice is have gratitude figure out what that strength is, what you can bank on, even in your toughest of times, and then surround yourself with people that truly believe in you. And then from that point on, it's your show. 
you got to do it. And that's yeah, kind of the best advice stuff. I got. That's Love it. good stuff. Hey, uh, that, Matt, I can't even thank you enough. My my head, you kind of you kind of blew my mind a little bit on some stuff. There, there's three words that I've been thinking about this whole time, sitting here listening to you. You and I have never met, but character, integrity, and commitment. Mm-hmm. Those are, and there's there's probably 20 other adjectives I could throw out there, but but those are the three that have been sticking with me this whole conversation. And here's here's the part that I am just like so like grateful for what you're doing, your message. You've talked about, you know, we talked a lot about kids and we talked a lot about football and all this stuff, but you hardly mentioned anything about winning. <laughs> right. And mm-hmm. and that's the piece that I absolutely mm. just have so much respect for you. And and you're you're doing it the right way. Kids are clearly in, in a better spot because they're interacting with mm. you. Um, just... I mean, man, just awesome. Like, I really, like, I really just, appreciate that, it. Those are the, that's what's coming out of this. And I just so appreciate you taking the time to sit down with us. And uh, this has been really enjoyable. Well, I've loved it. Thanks for asking me. This has been a, a, a ton of fun. And I agree. I go back to my core thing. That's I do think that's all you can control. And and that's what even like, and I know I'm, I talk a lot, but the, uh, the, play, <laughs> the, the playoffs, that's, that's our whole, I mean, it's step one, step two, step three. Yeah. And I always tell them by accident, you win it. And you don't, like, if you handle your business, you're going to win a lot more in life than you lose. Yeah. And and how you come back from those in, But we need losses. Or, or wins don't feel like that's the Ted Lasso, but it's true. Yeah. Like, I mean, it, so if you always are given a win, that, that's not fun. I, I yelled at a bunch of eighth graders yesterday because I'm like, they would always pick teams. And I go, you ain't very competitive. Like, Here we are. And I said, no, you're not. I said... You all make a super team, so you can always yeah. win. I go, if you truly were friends, you would split up your guys and then mm-hmm. see, figure out who yep. gets Competing who, and then you yeah. get to talk. I go, getting the super team doesn't. There's doesn't no, make you there's better. nothing. Yeah. You don't care. You're not still talking about it in the car. You're not. I go. I go. That's part of it. And so, as high school kids, we both we all work with high school kids. I hope they understand. That's the part that's so hard to get them convinced because so many people are trying to shield them from losses. And yeah. sometimes you need them it, it, because it provides the joy of what victory mm-hmm. really yeah. is. And yeah. I, I think sometimes we, we avoid letting those kids experience that in group because then they truly, it, it yeah. hits them. Yeah. And that's the good part. Well, Lama, your hey. lessons are transcending football. That's for sure. So hey, it's uh, awesome. Lama, where can listeners, if they want to connect with you, if they want to, hey, I want to I want to reach out to you, where could they find you or social media well, or I've, email? You can go to Maple Grove. I'm there a lot. But <laughs> if, um, it, obviously, I, I am on um, Lombo Crimson. I have a Twitter account uh, and an Instagram account. And my Facebook is Matt Lombo Lombardi because when I, most people know me as Lombo. Mm-hmm. I, like, I would guarantee 99% of the students in that school have no idea what my first name is, but, <laughs> um, which is okay. I like that. But the, uh, but that's a way on social media. And like I said, and, and obviously my parents always know I'm, I'm very open to just, if you, if you see me at the school or whatever, always happy to talk and my emails through the school. So you can find that. But like I said, any, well, anytime I love this, I, I, I'm passionate about this stuff. So I it's, know it's you fun, are, and so. I love it. It's coming through, and um, we'll put it in the show notes yep. too. But Lambo, so much appreciate you, and it's been fun to watch what you've done and trans- transformed um, the community, and and through what you're doing and your leadership, and it's it's outstanding. 
And I know that um, we're up in we're up in Maynard's land, up in Rogers. We're we're about two years away from making the jump to six um, A to six A. That'd so be fun. We were right on the we were we were right there. So we've got a couple more years in five A. But I know Coach Franz is excited. And uh, but you know we'll have that maybe we can have that Rogers yeah. Maple Grove little rivalry there too. So that'll be fun. That will football. be fun. And I love Mark. Mark does a great job there. So I think um, no, it's and we love that. Like I said, our uh, any rivals a good rival. Oh, I think it's, it's, we got it's and that's weird because Maple Grove's rivals in football are different than their rivals and because ours is more down the west side. Yeah. And so St. Michael's one, you would be one. I yeah. think Wyzetta's one. Yeah. Taka, all the we, we like to beat those who have the bigger boats. And, and, <laughs> and, 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 that, and those are always fun rivals. So. Well, you know what? Maybe we'll have to come over for the, uh, the Maynard's burger, you know, because we've got good burgers up there too, you know, yep. so I know. So, but it's, it's, it's kind of that fun rivalry. Um, but again, appreciate you. Wish you all the best of luck this year. Uh, we'll be cheering you on um, and, and keep doing what you're doing. Again, grateful for your time. Love what you're doing uh, for the community, for the school, just for people in general. This conversation, again, I've loved. So thank you. It's been awesome. Thanks for asking me on. That's it, man. Have a great week, everybody. Appreciate it. Thanks for hanging out with the two principals today as we continue on this life and leadership journey, one step at a time, one conversation at a time. We would love for you to follow, subscribe, and rate, review our podcast wherever you listen. We are so grateful for your support. And as always, please follow us on all of our social media accounts at Two Principles. You can also find us on the web at twoprinciples.com. Questions for Kevin or myself, email us at twoprinciplespodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for raising your frequency today and looking inward. Wishing you peace and happiness on your journey. Remember to keep living and leading with purpose. A better you makes for a better today. It starts with you. Until next time, get out of your head and into your heart.